Alrighty then, here we are, we're back. I'm Jason, your host with uh, Whatsoever is True, the podcast. You know, no no music, nothing. We're just coming into the ring, no uh, no robe, no socks, just, you know, just the gloves on, ready to go. And today's subject is inflation. Uh, the, the numbers just came in hotter than they thought. Of course, this is the Fed, by the way, that said that inflation was going to be transitory. Let's not forget that. It was going to be transitory. And... The supply chain issues. Have you heard of supply chain before? Has anyone ever really said supply chain up until the last couple of months? You see, the government, with the media's help, the complicit media, is just making this stuff up to distract from the fact and to cover up the fact and to obscure the fact that, uh, well, yeah, they're messing the economy up. You know, where in history have you seen rising prices in empty shelves? Oh, yeah, in socialist countries, that's where you see that stuff. And a lot of people see it and go, okay, well, that's Venezuela, that's Cuba, that's, you know, Soviet Russia, that kind of thing, North Korea. Um, and it, but they really stop thinking at that point and don't understand why that's happening. Well, because this is the Lord's world and the Lord is the Lord of economics as well as he is over the church. He's the Lord. So inflation, let's talk about that for a second, where it's coming from, where it's going and uh, what that means for us. All right, here we go. Number one is that the love of money, right? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. <clears throat> all right, while some have... You know, coveted after they, they, you know, they erred from the faith, and 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 they. And this is First Timothy six, verses nine and ten. Um, you know, but they're saying, but they they that will be rich will fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, or all kinds of evil, right? <clears throat> and they get pierced through with many many sorrows. So people re refer to this as a way of, of like denouncing the rich flat out, right? You've got money, therefore you love money and so forth. And it's very easy to point out fingers at other people who love money and stop there. But the Bible's very careful. The Lord doesn't show partiality and uh, he judges righteously and he knows our hearts. So we need to be, we need to tread carefully. And in this particular case is that we can blame Joe Biden. We can blame Donald Trump. We can blame whoever we want to blame, but. We get the government we deserve in a lot of cases, especially in a in, in, in this form of government that we have. And let's be let's be clear on this, is that it's in the parable of Luke chapter twelve, verses fifteen through twenty one, by the way, it's not wealth that's condemned, but covetousness. I'll let you look that up so you know so we keep moving along here. Covetousness is a sin which strikes the rich and poor alike, guys. So notice that in 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 the the seminal verse there in 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 first timothy chapter six is that it's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil right not not he doesn't say the 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 love of farming or the love of production or the love of of making podcasts right or the love of writing or the love of uh you know working it doesn't say that the bible does not say that that's very interesting it's the love of money what are we getting at well it's basically the love of irresponsible wealth and power it's a love of what that what that productivity gets without wanting to do that productivity because that involves risk and it involves labor and it involves serving people. Okay? So if, if you have like land and property and it's a source of wealth, if it's productive, like right now, people running around and they're buying these houses or, or selling houses and trying to flip houses and so forth to make money based off of basically the fact that the Fed has a very easy money policy. 
and interest rates are about zero, effectively below zero when you consider inflation, and, and nobody cares. Nobody's really noticed this issue of this literally dishonest scales. And they don't care because the economy is good. They'll start caring when things start costing too much. So this is an indictment against the Christians out here who don't study economics and know the basics of it and should. Um, again, it should be preached from the pulpit, but unfortunately it's not because we've fallen prey to the polytheistic God of uh, the modern time, which is that, okay, Jesus Christ is Lord of the church, but the state is its own Lord. It's got its own standard and it, 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 the Lord needs to stay in his lane. Okay. That's where we go. So we want to consider the implications here of the love of money as the Bible puts it out, all right? It, it doesn't love, it's not condemning love of production and service, but consumption, a consumption-governed society is an evil society. I'm convinced, you know, the West right now in America is like a clown car without any brakes, and we've long passed, blown, we've blown past that last runaway truck ramp. You know, north of me, and highway on I-77 coming back to, from the mountains of Virginia, coming back towards Charlotte, those runaway truck ramps, you know, because you're coming down from the high elevations. And, uh, you know, it's like this big gravel thing. There's also up on I-26 coming back from Tennessee into North Carolina there. And and so I guess if a truck runs, the brakes go, <clears throat> it's it's designed, and I'm thankful I've never seen this before, it's just to hit that gravel runway kind of thing going up a hill, and, you, and it's going to help you stop. Well... We've blown past our runaway truck ramps, and we're we're going down the hill, and we're accelerating all the time, and, and we're just, in fact, giving it some gas. So <clears throat> we are. We, we probably say this is a consumer economy. It's a consumer economy. Well, that means basically that nobody wants to produce anything, right? So if you're wondering why people don't want to go to work, well, why would I work if you can give me money? If I can just uh, have money, somebody can take care of me. Why would I do that? That's irresponsible use of wealth. That wealth has to come from someplace. I don't want to do it myself. I want you to do it. That's the love of money, not the love of productivity. So when we're governed in our desire for wealth by land, commerce, you know, retail stores, uh, you know, having to having to own a restaurant, having to work for it, we'll be working and productive members of society, and that's good. All right. Now notice what people start doing. They start going, well, people deserve this, or they deserve that. Well, where do you get this deserve from? Where does that come from? Um, obviously, you've, we've all heard it. You know, money doesn't grow in trees. There you go. Money, no, money does not grow in trees. Wealth cannot just be conjured up. And that's what our government has been doing, which is why we have inflation. It's been conjuring up money to keep this little thing, this little party going. And what's going on here in America, and we're going to find out how bad this is, is we've been playing a game of musical chairs and we've been trying to keep the music running. And every time we start running, people realize that, well, hey, there's not enough chairs here for all of these people. Um, we just amp the music up louder. We just, we just get it higher. Okay, so when we want to do this, when we want to understand by inflation, is inflation is an increase in the money supply and you can't just increase the productivity. You just can't do that. For example, if I were to say, let me, let me take baseball or basketball or football. If I were to say there needs to be a professional team in every city in the United States. Let's say we just say, wah, voila, there you go. So every city <clears throat> over, I don't know, 100,000 people has a major league sports team. They have a major league baseball team, football team, basketball team, because everyone deserves professional level sports. 
well, we all know what's going to happen. You can't just conjure up out of thin air a whole host of, of professional athletes. What you've done is you degraded the standard that was professional before, and now you're going to get a lot of amateurs that would have never been in the pros, but you just magically ordered everybody in. Um, well, it's the same thing with, with money. You can't just print the money. The money is actually a representation of real wealth that exists. And we want a stable money supply. And in fact, in a stable, in a real society, goods and services would actually cost less. If you didn't know this, for most of the 19th century, prices were fairly stable for literally like over 100 years because America was on a gold standard. And in fact, some things cost less because the money was strong. Now, this gold standard, which is so maligned today amongst the intelligentsia, and, and the economists and so forth as a relic of the past, as a relic of, I, I don't know, why is it a relic of the past? They, they've never refuted it. What they don't like is they don't like it limits them because when we're governed by productivity, then we're forced to be what disciplined and we're forced to serve people. And that's why a free market is so essential and it's biblical. When on the other hand, we're governed by a love of money, well, consumption and leisure become our major things right i mean you think sometimes in some american places that the only thing people do is eat out right that's the only thing we do is eat out we have a lot of restaurants a lot of bars a lot of things like that it's just entertainment completely um and so they're going to demand a social order when people are like this they're going to demand a government and a social order that produces more money what are they going to do because money is at the top of their list of priorities not, once again, the priority is not productivity. The priority is money. And you hear that when the way the politicians talk about jobs and everybody deserves a living wage and all this stuff. Well, you know what? That's a, it, I just going to be blunt when I say this. That's none of your business. And if somebody needs to, to produce, <clears throat> wants to uh, have a living wage, they need to produce something that solves a problem for somebody or gives somebody something they want. It forces us to serve one another. That's the way it goes. The biblical model for economics is first production, then savings, then investment, okay? And that will require planning and presenting your things before the Lord. Does it matter that somebody makes more money than me? Not at all, unless you stole it from me, unless you stole it from somebody else. Other than that, it's none of my business. And this is where covetousness is at the top of the, well, it's the root of the problem. And it's all throughout our culture. We talk about taxation. We talk about all these things. We're worried about what other people are making and we're conjuring up money out of thin air. And so this is what the what Paul means in, in 1 Timothy 6. For the root, love of money is the root of all kinds of, literally, the word he uses, cacos, is really where we would derive the word crap in society. It's, gener, it's generated because people begin to manipulate the money supply. And that's the inflationary pressure. Now you're going to hear all the politicians and, <clears throat> and the Biden administration just lying through their teeth about it. That, well, we're coming back into things and therefore things, things are going to cost more. Uh, okay, so they're confusing supply and demand with with the increase of the money supply. In the last year, government just printed out of thin air through bond purchases and in a very, very coordinated and crafty way that they've done it. Hats off to them for the creativity of being inventors of new kinds of counterfeiting. But they've conjured up out of thin air trillions of dollars of new wealth. And that has caused misallocations of resources because think about it this way if you could get rich playing video games right you would not be wonderful right but you don't have to serve anybody you just play video games you can sit there play video games or let's say you watch netflix and you could get paid to do that imagine that 
you would incentivize that behavior. Most of us would eat more if we wouldn't get fat. Most of us would just play video games or watch more movies if we didn't have to worry about earning money. That's an that's unfortunate thing. And that's what I mean by saying the love of money <clears throat> will cause us to demand a government that produces money, that penalizes production. That's where you get the high taxation rates from. That's why you get all this meddling in the economy from the government. They don't want production. They want money. And they want to give you that money. Well, this is what causes inflation. Because now you have more money, right, chasing fewer goods and services. That's the thing. So as soon as you hear this is a consumer economy, <clears throat> you should hear sinful economy, covetous economy. I want leisure and wealth and, and I don't want to be productive. I don't want to have to serve my neighbor, which is the other way to hear that. So why are goods and services going up? Because our culture is consumer-based, which means sinful. That's what we're doing. So no bones about it. That's exactly what it says. The Lord hates the sound of scales. Um, the biblical model for economics is for you to find your talents in life, whatever those talents are, that can serve somebody and solve a problem for them that you can then be paid for. Other things that you can't be paid for, let's say you love playing music or you like writing or something like that. I've done that for my whole life. I was writing, writing, writing. I'm making money now writing, but for the longest time, I never made any money writing. Well, now I make some money writing. It's wonderful. I'm really loving it. I love writing. You could say, oh, well, you know, I'm only writing for the money. Well, first of all, that's not true. But second of all, the limitations of, of not making money writing caused me to do some other things for money. And now I'm making more money writing. But so in other words, that equation changed. So when you penalize people for productivity or, and, and you reward people for being unproductive, what do you think you get? There you go. That's what it, it simply changes the social order. That is why America is getting inflation. That's why inflation is going to get worse. That's and it's because it's a sin. It's covetousness. None of our business, what our neighbors are doing with their money and how much money they have. And we shouldn't love money. We should love productivity. So the question ask yourself, how are you producing values for other people in the in the name in the name of the Lord for the glory of the Lord? Take the talent you have, soberly assess it. Can you serve your neighbor and can you can that service create a win-win scenario? In other words, if, if you like making cupcakes and you're really good at making cupcakes and other people love buying your cupcakes, it's a win-win. They'd rather give you the, the, the money to have the cupcake. And you, of course, at that point, you want to take the money so you can keep making more cupcakes. It's a win-win. Okay, whenever, what government does is government creates win-lose scenarios. And then, then to compensate for that, because that penalizes productivity, and that's what it does. So then, there, therefore, that lack of productivity gives you a lack of real wealth. And so now you don't have as much to save and to invest. And so what the government does, then it prints money. There you go. That's where you get inflation. So inflation right now is supposed to be running at 6%. I believe the real number is closer to 10 right now. Um, and even if it was 6%, that's still catastrophic. That means extrapolate that out for five years and you've got to, you know, you've lost 30% of the value of your dollar, which means you go to the store and the same money you have in your pocket right now buys you 30% less stuff five years from now. That's not good. I foresee, in case you're wondering, I foresee a period of deflation. I think what's going to happen is, is the inflation is going to chew into the economy. It's going to cause a, a, a reaction. People are going to stop buying things. So realizing, oh, crap, um, this, is, this is causing me some trouble. And so they're going to pull back some of their spending, which will cause a, a deflationary recession to which the government will then react to it with more money printing and probably 
other jacking around, price controls and that kind of thing. They'll be, in other words, they'll be blaming, they'll be blaming the consequence of their action for the action, okay? And then that will cause more serious inflation. Uh, will it come into hyperinflation? I have no idea, but I think the writing's on the wall for what's going on with the American economy. Um, is that the end of the matter? I hope not. I, I pray that the Lord uh, uses this as a, as a as a quick judgment against America, where Americans, if the church preaches it, especially, and people realize that they're being sinful, that will really, really help. And so the problem is, and, and this is the issue, the problem is, People don't want to think about life biblically. They don't think that economics and what they do with their money and so forth is a standard through, uh, that the Bible tells them. And they, and they therefore, that's a vacuum. And the vacuum is filled, the void is filled with the devil. Because the devil is a wonderful humanist. He always comes along and points out, man, your job's rough. You work really hard. Yeah, I do. And you don't have enough money for something. That's right, I don't. Somebody ought to make sure you get more money. Have the state do it. Right? Have the state pass a law. The problem with that is, again, it infantilizes people. It treats them like children rather than adults. And it penalizes you for doing the right thing, for people who are productive, and then they save, and then they invest. And it cause, ca calls them greedy. And then what it does is it misallocates resources. And it tells you, well, you have to raise a minimum wage and all these kind of things and so forth. And then, and then it incentivizes people to not be productive and to not go, you know what, I, my life, like in terms of my writing, I write more now than I used to because I can make more money. But, but if I would have just kept writing, writing, writing when I was making no money, I would have starved. Someone else would have had to support me. Well, that's not loving to my neighbor. So once again, let the Lord deal with those things. And, and I grew as an individual as I became more productive in a pattern that served my neighbor. And I got better at my disciplines. Same thing there. So lastly, I'll sum this up. Um, Inflation is rising because our government is, is basically printing money and there's more, there's, there's more money chasing fewer goods. And we've done this because the, the population has been hoodwinked into thinking that the Lord does not speak authoritatively in Scripture about their economic activity. And they are called and demanded to be productive and that they might make a lot of money, they might make a little bit of money. But the point is, is to be productive and serve their neighbor, and their neighbor should then glorify the Lord and and and, and uh, the Lord of Glory, Jesus Christ, for those things that people are doing. There's a great scene, by the way, great scene, <clears throat> the Wonder Woman, and the, the the first Wonder Woman. I haven't seen the second one, the 1984 one. No idea what happens in that one. <clears throat> Doesn't sound like it makes sense, but I'll get to that some other time. Um, she's getting on the train, she's trying to go to the front. Remember, and she she takes this, she buys a, a ice cream cone from a vendor. And she tastes it, and she's, oh my goodness, this is so good. And she turns to the guy, and she says, you must be very proud. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was a Christian principle. Be very proud in your productivity, however meager it might look. It's still to the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. Don't worry about the money, worry about the productivity. As long as you have enough, be sufficient with that, be content with it. If you're not making enough money, try, try to do it a different way, do it a little bit better, that kind of thing. But the goal isn't the money, the goal is the productivity, for the service of the Lord and to your neighbor in the Lord's name because he's the one who gave you the talents. That's it. We mess that up. <clears throat> then we get inflation and a host of other ills. That's why the love of money is the root of all kinds of crap or evil in society. All right. And that is the end. <laughs> anyway, 
again, love being able to do this for you. I love being able to talk you talk talk through these things so we can make sense of the times and we can be wise and we, we can be able to figure out what's happening because we take the principles of scripture and apply them to life. So again, hope this helped and I'll catch you guys next time.